Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hi. Hello again. It feels like it's been forever. It's been over a week. Yeah. We survived the finale. We did. Um, yeah. And here we are, still ready to talk about The Bachelor. But we're not going to talk about Zach anymore because no. we're tired of that guy. Yeah. So, well, first, because I just remembered, we're going to give our candy review. Oh, yeah. Um, You forgot your candy. And so we had to fall back on candy that we bought over the weekend and forgot we had, which is the only reason that, <laughs> like, that we had candy in the house. So we had uh, Junior Mint Robin eggs, I guess. They're just junior mint eggs. Yeah, I I actually do think I like them a little bit less, which is good for all of you because it's past Easter. <laughs> but like regular junior mints taste better. I don't really like junior mints, so they basically taste the same to me. Um, but we will do the candy I forgot, which was a super sour Mike and Ike. Okay. But I'm going to save them and we will do them in the future. I can get behind Mike and Ike's even if they're sour. Are they really sour? They're pretty sour and there's 10 flavors. Whoa. I know. That's... The flavors is why I want us to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, 10 flavors? I Four feel like... or five is like usually sitting pretty. Exactly. I feel like new candies are like, what if we just do like two or three flavors? And I'm like, wow, lazy. Yeah, I was getting lazy. <laughs> Um, but I think it's still cool that candy like Junior Mints is like, we like Easter. Yeah, I'm never going to complain. They repurpose um, Big Chewy Nerds, which I guess is another one we should probably review. But come Easter time, you can't buy Big Chewy Nerds. You have to go to the Easter aisle where they upsell you for a dollar to sell you uh, nerd jelly beans. Yeah. Which is stupid. But it's I, basically the same. It is exactly the same. You would never know the difference. But... Your wallet does. That's fair. However, it doesn't stop me from buying them in bulk. The one, and we will, maybe we'll talk about this in Halloween again. I don't like candy corn. But I told Jess, have you tried nerd candy corn? Yeah, that was unreal. I went to every grocery store <laughs> I could find to try and get more. And then when I did find it, I bought out like, I don't know if it's Macy's or what, Dan's. I have no idea. But anyway, they had like six bags left and I bought all six. They were, it was like nerd flavor, but in candy corn texture. That sounds bad, but it was so good. I agree. Another kind of random shout out, and I think you had these with me. This was back to Easter. Last Easter, they had Laffy Taffy jelly beans. Oh, and generally, I am not a jelly bean person. Nerd jelly beans are not even jelly beans. It's silly that they try and pass that off. So regular jelly beans, not my jam. But these jelly beans that were Laffy Taffy flavored, and they were grape, banana, lime, and strawberry. I remember. Ugh. I, 
can't find them this year. You guys don't sleep on holiday specials. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad ones. Yeah, but you really got to you got to try them out because there are some real gems in there. Yeah, and you can only get them seasonally for a very limited amount of time, which means you have to buy just like like Jess said, six bags. Yeah, you can just commit. <laughs> it's probably why I can't find them though, is because somebody else does that same thing. So, actually maybe don't. You didn't hear that from us. Yeah. That's- don't buy nerds candy corn at Halloween. Please, it's terrible. Yeah. Okay. So this week, we decided that we are going to talk about things that would make The Bachelor better. Yeah. I think you actually did a really good job taking this prompt and running with it. <laughs> and we've discussed this that normally like I'm really organized. I will just admit fully, I dropped the ball this episode. So I'm going to let Mans take the lead and I am just going to chime in with my two cents. I told Jess that's fine because she's carried the weight through almost every other episode that we've done. So and that's not true, but it's my time. <laughs> no, it is true. You can um, do it. Okay. So I created three categories. Um, I said things that don't work. Things that could work better and things that can stay the same. I really love that. It took me way too long to like really wrap my little brain around (laughs) those categories. But then when you started talking on them, you really blew my mind. So I'm excited to like break these down with you because you've got some really cool thoughts here. Oh, thanks, Jess. Uh, Where do you want to start? Let's start with the things that can stay the same because I think that that is probably the shortest list. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's the most simple list as well. So things that can remain the same. Uh, the mansion. Love it. So I don't remember what season the current mansion became the mansion, but in the first couple seasons, the show actually started not in the mansion. Fun okay. fact. But the mansion has been such a integral part of the show for so long that now I just feel like the mansion just needs to stay. That's fair. I have heard that the mansion needs to be updated. Yes, I agree. But that's okay. The mansion still should stay. So the mansion is actually a home that is lived in by a family and they just rent it out to ABC and just exit with all their belongings and the show films there. And then they put all their belongings back and live in it again. We get like 20 weeks of Bachelor a year between The Bachelor and Bachelorette. That's a long time to be vacated from your home. Are they I rich mean, and have a second home? I'm, <laughs> Probably they live in one mansion. Yeah, Why wouldn't like they have two? Assuming that this house is in what, like Malibu? Actually, I don't even know. But it's in like a very expensive area in California. I'm sure they have multiple houses. <laughs> You know, maybe in multiple countries. I'm sure they are not inconvenienced at all. Okay. But I do feel like the mansion is kind of kitschy at this point. Like, they could easily find a cooler location. Look at some of the houses that they're filming at for, like, I don't know. Love Island. Love Island. Those penthouses. Yeah, crazy. The mansion's kind of old-fashioned now. But I love that they're sticking to it. And I want them to just stay there. I do think the mansion should be updated. But I think the show should stay true to the mansion. Yeah, and keep watering down that driveway. Yeah, make it look nice and slick. Yep. 
Okay. Okay. So the next thing. I like the the limo entrances. I love how cringy they are. Yeah, it's a good way to dip your toes. Although watching it when you have to podcast it, slightly less fun. True. Um, but it's kind of like an awkward first impression for the lead, an awkward first impression for us. I love that. And it is true. I think that's a really good, I mean, it's not a true representation, but it is kind of nice to force some awkwardness in there where we need that levity. Yeah. Because after episode four, it just gets real serious really fast. Totally. Okay. Love it. Um, the travel. Yeah. The show was hard to watch during COVID because they weren't traveling. The travel is very necessary. I agree. And the last thing I said was the cocktail parties. I agree to an extent, though I would prefer more themed parties or like pool parties or I just, I don't know. We went to a gala a couple weekends ago, and I was not even in like an uncomfortable dress, but I was in definitely a gown that like. You looked fabulous. Thank you. But like you're uncomfortable and your feet are shoved into shoes. And I just think like, man, I am struggling to sit here for two and a half hours comfortably. How do these women do this for just like hours on end until like the very early morning the next day? So I just like, I hear you. I think the party is necessary. I just would love to see that shift so that it's not so uncomfortable and painful that's totally fair but then also maybe people want to get dressed up and stay up late not everybody wants to be in bed by nine what if it's a combination more so i think that the cocktail party needs to still exist because not all of the people on the show get time during the week to make a connection with the lead totally and so i think it's really just necessary because of what it's existing for right because our girl gabby would not have made it as far if it wasn't for cocktail party and peanut butter cups. There you go. So yeah, I do I do love the idea of a party or like a full group gathering that isn't a date. Also, there's something deliciously desperate about <laughs> being this like fancy party before the rose ceremony. Do you know what I mean? I High yeah. Stakes. Right, because you spent hours getting ready. Yeah, and then it just creates Good television. Yeah. You also probably spend way too much on that dress. Unless you're Genevieve. <laughs> Unless you're Genevieve. Love it. Shout out. That dress is still one of the best. Okay. So that was our short list. Sorry. Is there anything else that you think should stay the same? I guess maybe. What are your opinions on the rose ceremony? Um, the rose ceremony is so funny to me. It's really dramatic. Sometimes I wish that they would just like give roses to the women who were leaving. Be like, thanks for coming. Here's a rose. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. Or like, I don't know, a a gift bag. I just, sometimes those rose ceremonies can get really drawn out. But then like sometimes that's the only way we get to like see dresses. I mean, the women leaving definitely deserve a gift bag. For sure. Maybe they get one and I don't know. But I just would like that to be more visible. Um, So my thoughts were, I was thinking about this because I don't particularly like watching the rose ceremony. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. Right. Because everybody's nervous. Yeah. And it takes forever. And music and it's like one rose at a time and it's so structured and stupid. So I was like, what are the other options? Does the lead just like appear at their hotel room and say, 
thanks, but no thanks. Right. Like, I feel like we could just cut everybody loose a little quicker. We don't need to do the dramatic 25 people get it and, you know, five don't. That's that's a lot of names called. Does Jesse just pat him on the back? Yeah. And be like, sorry, my guy. Give him a hug. <laughs> I yeah, I I think that there needs obviously to be some sort of elimination because that is a really integral part of reality it's a formality. TV. Yeah, like Survivor, they do it, Big Brother, they do it. And it's always this really big deal. So I do think that the elimination does need to be there. But I also think that it's a little disingenuous of the show to pretend like it's not trying to be on some level a game show. So like I feel you like if are they went the weakest link. Yeah. Like I feel like if they did away with it, it could still work. But also that I think people want the awkward tension. I don't know. It's not as shocking as it is when somebody on Big Brother or Survivor goes home, you know, because like that impacts so many things. Whereas most of these women, it's like it doesn't actually matter until there's maybe like, what, eight, seven left. The show has progressed to the point where it seems to follow the organic flow of the show a little bit more. So there isn't a rose ceremony every episode. Yeah, and I've heard people complain about that, but I actually think I prefer it. Because Me too. It just like I don't need a rose ceremony after every episode. They're not fun to watch. No, give us a couple week break. That is amazing. Also, Paradise last year was just a shit show. There was hardly any rose ceremonies, and like the girls had the roses two times in a row. It was it. it nobody because there so was, many people were self eliminating. I know the the continuity there was rough. Um. So like it's definitely a format is possible and I still think you can have equally chaotic and enjoyable TV without doing it. Like there are other ways to do it and they are, yeah, to their credit, we get less of them. Amen. So. Okay. Okay. Why don't we talk about things that are currently on the show that are not serving the show? Ooh, yeah. This one... As soon as you started talking about this, I was like, ah, oh, this is also brilliant. Good work. Because there are a lot of elements to this show that are incredibly problematic and I think leave contestants worse than they were. Right? Or like, what is this actually doing for the bigger picture? Right. It, on some level, it's like absolute audience buy-in that we're really just watching this to watch people be embarrassed and, you know, borderline traumatized on television. Okay, first thing on my list, group dates that require trauma dumping. Yeah. Uh, Whose season was it? Clayton's season where they went into like a theater and they sat in a circle and all the lights were off everywhere else except for spotlights on every single one of their faces in a circle. And they just like, they were literally asked to like talk about the worst experience of their life. Yeah. What is the worst thing that's happened to you? Share it now. Like, I couldn't even do that on TV because it wouldn't, like, why ask people that? That's That's so terrible. Yeah, that has to go. This, I feel like this is a fairly recent thing. Like, it's probably happened in the last three or four years, but now it's starting to happen every season. Yeah, it's not a good look. I think this is a really mean-spirited and just not useful it also isn't allowing the lead to make a connection with anyone because it's just like a group setting. Yep. Where people are awkwardly 
feeling pressure to share their fucked up truths. Yeah, when you don't want to. Like, I don't know if everybody has gone to therapy, but like sometimes you spend an inordinate amount of time in therapy talking about things that you're like, this is so dumb. Why are we even talking about this? And then suddenly there's a point in therapy where you start to like acknowledge things and talk about things you haven't really wanted to talk about or didn't know that you needed to talk about. And that can take a really long time to get there. And it also is a process getting there. And so you don't walk into therapy. Like a year long process. Or more. Yeah. You don't just walk into therapy and your therapist be like, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you. We're going to fix it. It's like, you got to ease into that. And the fact that they don't, and I think these women and the men, I don't know if the men, I've seen any of the men have to do these dates, but the women have. But I don't know if that's. That I'm trying could, to think now. Could be a gap in my knowledge, but that's like being forced to perform and come up with something and to know that like the more compelling this is going to be, the better off you're going to be received sucks. Like that's a horrible spot to be in. Well, I didn't really like Genevieve on Clayton season, but the her exiting point was the awkward date where all of a sudden they were like sitting down with a therapist. A psychotherapist who I, you guys, there's no way that was a therapist, right, Manny? Like, no. That was so unethical. If a therapist ever asked you those questions, like red flag, get up and walk out. But Genevieve was like so viscerally uncomfortable and she basically was like, well, fuck this. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And, and she, then she went home. Good for her on I, that. I think that was my favorite Genevieve moment on Clayton season. I actually forgot Genevieve did that, especially in conjunction with sort of her meltdown with Aaron on the beach this past season. Like, good for her. I know she's probably going to be okay, but like she's still got a long way to go. At least she now can stand behind the fact that she was adamant that itching was not pain. She was right. Vindication. All right. Next thing. What do we think about nearly slash naked challenge dates? Similarly, I hate them. I feel like that's such an awkward position to be in and not in a good way. I think you can can put people in the hot seat without like stripping them down to their underwear and forcing them to interact with somebody they're interested in in their underwear. Like that's mortifying to me. I could not do that. It also, I mean, they haven't only done it on group dates. There's also been like awkward one-on-one dates. Where they made Rodney strip and run around the hotel in yes. Michelle's season. And then all the guys came out to watch. How is that like not borderline hazing? And also there was someone on Clayton's season where they had to like run around a city in their underwear. Do you remember which girl that was? I do. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, I didn't talk like a full, like everybody was out and about. Like this was, you're not in the city at like 2 a.m. It's like 10 a.m. on a Saturday. And like everybody was out doing stuff. And granted their underwear looked like athleisure bathing suits, but still. Yeah, like I wonder how much of that is a choice and how much of that they feel pressured to do. And it just feels like, why have it? It doesn't add anything except for making the viewer, I don't know. I don't even know as a viewer what I'm expected to get out of that because it just is so uncomfortable. There's nothing really good about it. And I can't imagine it feels good for the contestants. Totally. 
And now I feel like on the Bachelorette seasons, kind of like on Rachel and Gabby season, we had that episode where the men, it was like a talent show, but they were in their underwear. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they or they all had to show how they would do a, a lap dance. I don't know, but I think it's becoming more of a thing in the Bachelor world that it's acceptable to objectify men, but the show is shying away from objectifying women. Yeah, it's a it's a weird take because it's like I don't think that that was the right move. The goal is actually to move away from objectification. And you know, I I still don't quite know where I stand on this in terms of like is it as bad for men or women, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that that's not even really the right way to look at it. More so, again, what are we gaining from this? you know, we don't want to objectify bodies. And in fact, more body diversity, less emphasis on feeling silly in your underwear and more emphasis on feeling empowered in your own skin. Yes, You know, you can still do that without making people strip down. And I think too, what we see in all of this is like guys stuffing socks into their underwear, people feeling bad about not having six packs. Like that is that's not great. We don't want anybody to feel that. Like that's not putting anybody in their best moment or giving anybody a really good chance to succeed in these situations. But also, how is that benefiting a relationship? Right, it doesn't. It is simply just, again, for pure audience enjoyment. And again, I'm confused as, as an audience member of like what exactly I am even supposed to get from that. Like it doesn't even feel necessary. It just... I don't know, Meatball maybe pouring meat sauce all over himself was kind of funny and something that I wish I didn't think about every time I think about spaghetti. Well, but like I didn't, I don't necessarily need that, but I doubt that that's like, that's probably one of the better case scenarios of that objectification. And also your physique does not equate to your worth. No, and right? the show does really emphasize that. And I think that kind of comes out too with when they have like those food dates where they're like, oh my God, you have to eat all of these Cheerios and people are like, oh, carbs. And it's like, oh my God, just stop acting like gaining weight or that carbs or that looking less than a model on a magazine somehow means you're not going to be able to be successful in love. Even on his hometown date with Ariel in New York, they're eating pizza and Zach's comment was, wow, carbs are so good. Yeah, like, like you don't even have to verbalize that, my dude. No, pizza's amazing. Pizza is the best. Yeah, get Gilga fish or whatever. Like, excuse me for slaughtering that, but like that can just all be good. I don't know if that even has carbs, but like, yeah, don't just enjoy food for the sake of enjoying food. There are no bad foods, none. You don't have to feel guilty about enjoying carbs on television. Yeah, and carbs also don't make you fat, which is a really obnoxious misconception. But Logan um, on Rachel and Gabby's season was easily probably one of the least ripped guys on the season. Yeah. You put him on a beach in paradise and he's getting all the women. All the women. Dude, he still it came out on top. Matter. It doesn't. And it's really too bad that the show won't lean into that more because I do think it would just be a lot more fun to see different bodies and 
letting people feel good and, you know, confident in these situations rather than shaming anybody. And also people are attracted to different body types. Right. I I think I've mentioned this, but Katie Thurston has gone on many interviews to say that they did ask her what type of men she's into. And she was like, I like big bears, dad bod, here for it. You guys, those were the most ripped men, I think, to ever cross the screen on this show, you know, like, and she didn't go for them. And it's like, what are we doing? Why even ask that? The show needs to listen to. <laughs> okay, my next thing. Why do we have four hometowns and why do we have three overnights? Do you think it should be done differently or are you just genuinely asking? Well, why are we going to visit four people's families? Can we minimize that to avoid like hurting more people? Because I will say having anyone meet your family is such an intimate, high stakes experience. I mean, even if you take the, can I ask your hand or like, are we getting married out of it? That's a lot. Why don't we take that to the final two? Yeah, why get families involved so early? Why not do like four fantasy suites or like wait until... Yeah, four overnights seems a little bit more casual than four hometown dates, in my opinion. I agree. I yeah. mean, maybe not if you're Zach, but... Ooh, could you have imagined? But yeah, by and large, I think hometown dates earlier on would probably be more beneficial especially for leads in deciding if this is somebody that I can take home because they would have had the chance to spend, again, I'm not sure the amount of hours, but some amount of hours, you know, not on camera to be able to talk about harder, more like realistic things and not be performing. Exactly. Absolutely. The top four um, women or men are also not meeting the leads parents. It's only the top two. Yeah, we don't put the leads parents through the ringer. So why not it be reciprocated? I think that's really smart. I like that idea. And then the overnights, I don't know. I have one. I think we should stop calling it fantasy suites. Yeah, for sure. I hate that. Because that's alluding to... Sex. And I think sex actually is a lot less common than people think. I think it should just be between the lead and... The people they're with and we don't need to call it sex week we don't need to make declarations we don't have to tell other people it should be about them and their connection right or this notion that with fantasy comes like i don't know perfection it brings up like all that evokes like i don't know that you're gonna have the night that i don't even know how to quantify it. fantasy is such a bizarre word but like it sets unrealistic expectations, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Like, let people go into it knowing that they're going to get time to talk and really get to know each other better. Here's a wild idea. What if we only did overnights with the last two, but instead of just one overnight, you get each contestant gets an entire week. Wow. See, I sometimes wonder, though, if like these accelerated timelines and the structures are put in, I mean, they are, right? This is exactly it. They're put in place to sort of like speed the process along and like also limit potential fallout. But what if it's like in the beginning of the week, you go, you do the hometown date, 
and then you go to whatever tropical location or whatever, you get a couple nights to yourselves, then you meet the lead's parents, and then you do the next week. But it gives you like a grounded, like, yeah, sandwiching, sandwiching you time in between meeting two sets of parents. Family, your family. And it's just like all about your connection with that person. That's a good idea. I like it. I mean, maybe more intense, but also like, let's take the third person out of it. Yeah, I like it. Um, One thing that I wanted to add that I did actually come up with is I also would like there to be better dates. Because sometimes I feel like not all of these dates are created equal. And I mean, we kind of touched on it with like the running around naked. But like even more so, I just think that there are dates, some dates are better than others. And I don't know if we can like let contestants pick what they want to do and have like a city, a beach or a mountainous one, like or active or calm, like giving people choices because also it would be cool to see the contestants thrive in situations that they are better suited for. And it always just feels a little lame when either the date sucks or clearly somebody's not comfortable in a situation. And like in real life, you just would say hard pass on that date. Can we please do something else? Yeah. Why don't we just have date options? Yeah. That would be really cool. I'd like that. And then it'd be interesting to see what people pick. Yeah. Like, do people want the bougie thing or do people want to like Netflix and chill? I mean, I know that's not great television, but like, you know, they could come up with something. But it also tells us a lot about that person. Yeah. It opens the door for conversation of like, oh, so this is the kind of date that you like. I hate this. (laughs) See, another compatibility factor. Yeah. Which we'll get to. All right. Um, something that everyone has talked about. Let's get rid of the proposal. So other ending ideas. Instead of a ring, what if they get a down payment on a house? What if they get a romantic two-week vacation somewhere? What if they get, I don't know, like, I'm just riffing here. No, just anything. Anything other than pressure that the only way that somebody truly loves you is if they give you a big-ass diamond ring and it has to come from the dude. What if they get something that actually furthers their connection? Yeah, like why don't they rent them an apartment somewhere and pay the rent for a year and let them live together without having the financial burden of like having to keep a job? And then give us a week of that content on camera absolutely because they some of those rings end up being like over a hundred thousand dollars rent for six months or to a year is not going to be a hundred thousand dollars well i mean i guess it could be but like it doesn't have to be right maybe it is i don't know what the rental market is like but you know what i mean like I think that there's a possibility that yeah we could get more content and actually get to see people cohabitate together without forcing an engagement and that being the best possible outcome because it's not. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like the show is kind of setting these couples up to fail. Always. With this pressure to be engaged. Yeah, I think, I mean, Clayton and Zach were clearly manipulated by producers in a way, but you know, to be honest, I really think Rachel was too. And was really fed lines of like, if you don't get these guys to propose, this isn't it. Like the only declaration of love that matters is the proposal. And I think that that in my mind is why I think she was going to pick Avon. And then when he expressed hesitation, I think 
she didn't have a good enough grasp on things. And she was just like, oh, well, if it's not a proposal, it's not good enough. I know that. And just blew everything up and res- as a result. And that's just my theory. I don't know if that's true. But I do think that that engagement really messes with people, both men and women. Like, that's a lot of pressure for everybody. Yeah, we've seen bachelors get engaged to their plan Bs when their plan A's yeah. self-eliminate. Katie did that. She actually, Katie Thurston admitted that her relationship with Blake was fake. Yeah, and it was fairly obvious. Yeah, like, bad news girl, you fooled no one. I mean, everyone knew it was Greg. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, what, what's going to happen now? Like, yeah, the show forcing this, whereas, like, if an engagement wasn't at the end of it, I do wonder what that conversation between Greg and Katie could have looked like. You know, there was there could have been possibility for something else. Yeah. And he might not have left and or felt that immense pressure. So, yeah, I am totally with you. I think that that is absolutely something. Or I want women to propose. I don't think that's going to happen, but, like, if there is going to be a proposal, if it's the bachelor, the guy proposes. If the bachelorette, that makes I want sense. lady. Yeah, like what are we doing, giving men all the power in this? Like this is a two-person decision. Honestly, both people should propose, but like it just feels really like that. I could definitely no engagement, but like I would even accept just like each person getting to a propose. Well, and the fact that Gabby and Rachel both really struggled with that on their season, it was palpable that it was uncomfortable for them being in this lead position but not actually having the power none and i mean i think we've seen that on like caitlin bristow season when they put them the that was another like double season starter but unless women are really willing to fight for that power i think the, the show still sways toward men having more control over things yeah at the end it should be the woman picking her partner yeah not her partner picking her she's the lead (laughs) yeah anyway okay um something that just bugs me is how on our first one-on-one dates it seems to just be about what is the worst thing that's happened to you in your life now is the time to share it and i do think that there's some exceptions to this rule that are appropriate like if you are divorced Or if you have a child, like these seem like important things that maybe you need to share in your first one-on-one intimate setting. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like it feels like there's a lot of pressure to come up with the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And us as viewers, you're watching it and you're just like, Racing yourself. First dinner conversation. I didn't know they could go that way until Michelle's season. When, oh, I can see his face. He did really well until he didn't. But basically, a contestant went on there and talked about like his mom completing suicide and Jamie. And just like, whoa, no, this is not, what am I even hearing right now? Like, why is this being shared on national television on their first date? It's too much. That's not fair to anybody. It's not fair to his family. It's not fair to her. It's not fair to him. No, that's so like. That's so personal and heavy and intimate. Yeah, like I just, or Brooklyn having to open up about domestic abuse. 
Like there are just situations where I'm like, man, I hope you were really ready to talk about that and that you didn't get persuaded into sharing something. Dude, that you have you... to develop a connection with someone to share that kind of shit with. Yeah. And the fact that it happens, like I can't decide if it's a formula that works and so contestants are replicating it or if there's some push for from production for people to do that, to just be like, hey, you know, you can be really vulnerable, open up. It's a really good way to make a connection. It just feels like, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of both, but it feels like production has clearly on Reddit, they're called the powers that be. So, you know, the powers that be have the ability to sway conversations and they can encourage people to share different things. I don't know if it has always been like this. I'm trying to remember because I feel like previously it was kind of a joke of like, if you're afraid you're going to be eliminated, then on your one-on-one date, you do a crazy sob story so that the lead feels awkward about sending you home. Yeah, they have to wait a week. It's like, oh, can't send them home now. But yeah. now I feel like it's just on your one-on-one, you just say the worst thing that's ever happened to you, and that's the date. Right. And the benefit is, is we do get to see how the lead responds. But the downside is I think that that just leaves the contestants in a really bad spot. Like, I don't know how good that feels for them to do that, especially when they get sent home. Same. Like, I would just be absolutely kicking myself. That would be the thing that I would be laying awake at like 2 a.m. and be like, I can't believe you said that. Really? (laughs) Here we are. And like, try, I don't know, that would suck. And not everybody has crippling anxiety like that, but like still. Yeah. Seems not great. Doesn't feel fair to the lead. Or to the people who are sharing their, like, fucked up drama. Yeah, because also how is a lead? Like, a lead is not. You ease into that stuff and you decide if that is something that that person can can hold or handle. Just because the lead takes someone on a one-on-one doesn't mean that they have a connection with them. Right. And that's a lot for somebody to process or to know the right thing to say. Because, man, you say the wrong thing to somebody sharing their trauma with you. You don't want to re-traumatize somebody by being just, I mean, it it works or at best just like flat out ignorant and don't know how to respond. Like that can be re-traumatizing for people. So like, yeah, let's not set the leads up to fail. And you know, Zach, to his credit, I feel like did a really good job. And Clayton gave a lot of sports analogies and pep talks, which I guess is fine. Like thankfully at this point, it doesn't seem like anybody's messed it up fully, but like, ugh. Eric listening oh, to Gabby. And saying nothing. Somehow she chose him, but still. Yeah. I forgot about that for a second. That sucked. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. Boo. Ew. Okay, the last thing on my list that we don't really have to hash out that much because I know we both feel the same way. No more wedding-themed dates. No more bride's dresses. No more photo shoots. No more, like, Games in wedding dresses. To put it simply, we hate it. Yeah, stop. It's not fun. It's awkward. Yeah. It is just something else. Yeah, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. All right. Now we're moving on to things that could potentially make the show better. Okay, my first one. This is, I'm ready, you guys. I have waited all this podcast to tell my one idea. Money or a date? 
And I just like, I mean, I don't know how you would regulate this to make sure that people weren't coming on the show to get like $20,000. However, if we could find a screening process that worked, I just think a really good way to tell if, you know, here for the right reasons. Oh, maybe that's how they could do it. That if you get accused of being there for the wrong reasons, you're offered like an inordinate amount of money or you can go on a date. I think that's brilliant. Let's see who's there for the right reasons. Right reasons. Right reasons. All right. I love that. I love anything that gamifies the show more, even though we should all be here for love. I'm <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're also here for the game. <laughs> it is reality TV. Great television. Yeah. Um, okay. Something we all know that we'd love to see more of is like, let's just see some live feeds in the house. I want to see more casual shit that happens in the mansion. I think anything that can help us be more invested in the people that we're watching makes the show better. I agree. Yeah, every time we find out things about the contestants, I'm always just bummed that we never saw that on right? this show. I mean, um, you know what? We've only been done with the season for a week, and I honestly cannot remember anybody's names. But the Greek woman who was helping Allie with the kissing, like that we saw that as sort of just like a... Anastasia. Anastasia, thank you. Susie's personality. I think that like I would have loved to see the dynamic between Katie's guys in her season yeah. because they all seem like they're still bros. Like I would love to see some friendships developing. If I'm not going to get a good love story, I would love a good friendship. Right, or Mercedes teaching the women how to twerk. Yes. Like, give me 20 minutes of that. Yeah, that is way better than a 15-minute long rose ceremony. So, okay. yes, better. Live feeds, more footage of the house. Okay, a big one that we've talked about. Um, I would love some more background on the lead. What is their dating history? I know I had issues with this with Zach. Why are we invested in their story? Why are we invested in them finding love? Yeah. Um, things that stick out to me most recently about Zach, probably Clayton. I mean, football. Zach likes Spider-Man and pizza. But like, I can't tell you. I mean, now I know more about Clayton. Now we know about his body struggles and his mental health issues. And he's being a lot more forthcoming, though I do believe that that is the result of the show. But like... I want to feel like, yeah, we've got more of a reason to care. I don't want these dumb one-off questions that like to know that Zach likes Maverick, the movie. Yeah, give us more. And I know that can be invasive and it doesn't all have to be bad things. I think there can be a lot of good things. What are Zach's actual passions? Tell us about those. Why do you care? Yeah. What are your causes? <laughs> what are your past relationships and why do you feel like those have made you ready to be in a committed relationship to one person for the rest of your life. For sure. It's so important. And that I just think it would also be potentially a lot easier to not grow to dislike the lead. Yes. Did, did you hear the TikTok theory that they cast bland men because the show is really about the women and the man needs to be bland enough that the women can project onto him whatever they need him to be. So what's the argument for Bachelorette? That it's actually about, well, just The Bachelor. But I mean, even when it is The Bachelorette, 
it's still about the woman and it has always been about the women is kind of I the don't theory. I believe that. Okay, fair enough. But I do think it's interesting that leads don't get more backstory. Agreed. But, the, oh, I forgot. Okay, the theory was though that it's about the women, but it also makes them a lot, it makes it a lot easier for them to commit to love. Mm. Because ultimately, like, they found supposedly this dream guy. Again, we don't have to buy this theory, but a, a kind of innocent guy without substance isn't a dream guy, though. But they're charming enough, right? Like, I mean, sorry, I just like kind of cringed and shivered when she said that. Like, I don't know. Like, no, I don't know if Zach is charming enough. Fair. I don't actually think he is, but I mean, enough. I mean, for these women, clearly yeah. they were into him. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know if it's intentional that we don't get more backstory or if it's just they don't think we care is where I was kind of going with that. Let's say Zach or Clayton or, uh, I don't know, Pilot Pete. They're at a tailgate party. They're cute, you know, very all-American, tall, strapping young men. But do they have enough game to like go up to a cute girl and like shoot their shot? And does that girl just be like, yeah, hell yeah, you're a babe. I'm sorry, but none of those men have enough game to do that. I just want to interject, though, that you are dating possibly one of the coolest people on this planet, though. So, like, and you being equally as cool, I don't know, like... I'm dating someone cool? Yeah, but don't let Joe listen to this because we don't need him to have a big head. Don't don't repeat this. Nobody tell Joe. Mandy and Joe are the coolest, though. So it makes sense to me that you would look at those guys and be like, nah. I look at those guys and I'm like, meh, okay. <laughs> and that is of no disservice to myself at all. I feel good about that. I just also think you are extra cool and maybe not the most expert. Uh, it, like, you're not the expert on this one. Okay, that's fair. I think my bigger point was, I don't know if a lot of these men have game unless they're the only guy in the room with 30 women. Also hilarious thought. Yeah, totally. I, I can see that too. <laughs> I do like that though. So that works for me. I would prefer them to be awkward and nerdy than like confident and maybe a little bit too cocky because like hard no for me. I can't hang. Okay. I think Jess and I have different types because like I'm totally a sucker for overly confident. Um, not That's not a good thing. Like I recognize that those guys can be narcissistic assholes. Um, but I admit to being yeah. attracted to that kind of guy. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> And not saying that my partner is that either. No, he's he definitely not. not. No, no, no. This is in no way a slight to Joe. If anything, it is but a high compliment. All right. Next thing. Um, do you have one to add or should I go to my next one? Oh, no. I, that money for dates is probably about the only thing that I've got going for me. Um, I love that idea. Okay. Here's a random one. What about compatibility stats or data? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love that more questions on like real world stuff those could be fun dates where like people get to pull cards like truth or dare but no inappropriate dares like fun things that like kind of help you learn about each other yeah like 
kind of what Jesse was talking to Charity about. Do you want to stay in? Do you want to go out? Yeah. You know? Like, realistic compatibility questions. Kids, how many? Do you, you clean your house? Do you not want to move? Yeah. Do you cook or do you go out? I don't know. What's your astrological sign? Cats or dogs? Deal breakers? Pet peeves? I love deal breakers and pet peeves because, my God, do I have some. So, like, I would love to hear what other people's are, you know? Just, like, that is interesting in a way that I don't feel like is unfair to contestants because for the most part your pet peeves and your deal breakers are yours you know those are your boundaries and it's always a good thing to communicate that i love that idea me too i would love that that would be the best part of the show i can never date someone who had to be early deal breaker you could not date me (laughs) but that was that's what makes us compatible friends true I want to be 30 minutes early. You're almost always 45 minutes late. 45? No, like 10 to 15. 10 to 15. That's fair. (laughs) I'm also, I know better than to be 30 minutes early. I think Jess knows to show up at my house either on time or five minutes late. I've actually just learned to leave the house at the time that you said to be there. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. That's true love. I know that. Um, deal, I don't know, I actually have so many deal breakers, nobody wants to hear them all, but I've got plenty. You have to name some. My, well, a pet peeve of mine is people who give a shit about how the dishwasher's, like, loaded. Oh my gosh, Joe, and I have argued about that. Oh, yeah, Saul has too. He's opened the dishwasher and been like, um, is there a reason you loaded it like that? Except actually what Saul is asking in his most logical way is he opens it up and he's like, what were you hoping to achieve? Like, all the dishes didn't fit. And I'm like, we'll run it twice. But in Saul's mind, like, you can load it once and run it once. So I do get it. But also, like, I don't care. Are the dishes clean? Yes? Cool. We can eat. Like, that's all that matters, you guys. It, oh. Joe showed me this TikTok or meme. I don't know. But it was, like, when women load the dishwasher and it was a woman just, like, throwing shit. And then it was like when men load the dishwasher and it was like this guy was like measuring things and he had like a very strategic layout. And don't get me wrong, I think women can be strategic and it could be the roles reversed. But unfortunately, in my position, I definitely played to the stereotype where I just like, I just muscle shit in there and I'm like, it fits. Good enough. Yeah, no. Well, that's because... For the most part, the emotional labor of everything else falls on us. So why the fuck are we going to worry about loading the dishwasher? That is like the least important thing ever to have to stress about. So everybody can just get on over that one. Like you want to take on a lot of the labor about how the house runs, the rest of the cleaning, I'll pay more attention to the dishwasher. Amen. Yeah. I give zero shits about how the dishwasher is organized. Same. I don't even remember what got us down this rabbit Anyways, hole. Anyways, here we go. Oh, um, right. Questions. Because you need to know these things before you start dating somebody. You could save yourself so many marital fights by just exactly. getting this out ahead of time. Last thing. Well, no. Two last things. First to last thing. I think the show should kind of try to exist in one geographical area 
So, like, maybe it's the northeast of the U.S. or the southwest of the U.S., but at least this makes it more realistic for people to combine their lives. I actually wrote that one down, too. I think that that is what makes shows like Love is Blind more successful. Yes. Even if they're not really, I don't know how actually successful that is. Don't quote me. But, like, you've got a better chance. Of- you don't have to move across country. And it almost always falls to the woman to move or the guy just rarely ever does. Like Nate promised to move and never did. And so I just feel like, yeah, by living closer, you're if you can drive somewhere in a weekend, you've got a much better shot of making something work than if you have to jump on a plane that costs you 600 to potentially $1,000, depending on where you're going. And oftentimes people live close to family members. You know, yeah, there's a reason that you live where you live for the most part. You're there for a job. You're there because your family's there. It's where you grew up or like, I mean, I guess there are some people who probably just live in a place and aren't attached, but I do feel like asking somebody to uproot their life, no matter what your attachment level is to a place, like for somebody that you've known for 10 weeks, that's, I guess by the time though, the show wraps up and we get to know about it, it's probably been closer to like six months still. Dips not. Yeah, like it's just, it's not a fair ask. So yeah, people living close together, brilliant. They should do that. My last comment is in all caps, winter games. Let's get more competitive games with our favorite contestants from Batch Nation. So winter games was a spinoff from Paradise and it happened around the Winter Olympics a few years ago. Basically, they had Bachelor contestants from Bachelor Australia, Bachelor Canada, you know, all sorts of Bachelor people. They came, they competed in hilarious winter sports, they dated, and it was fabulous. It doesn't have to be people from all over the world because I don't actually think that's very realistic as far as living together or creating a life together, but I love the idea of gamifying paradise or this like group dating show show more with these people that we already know we like. Absolutely. Um, I am ashamed to admit I still have yet to watch Winter Games. Uh, It's on my to-do list. But yeah, I love the concept of that. I also think it is what makes um, Love Island a little more successful is that they do gamify aspects of it. And What makes Bachelor in Paradise so fun is that everybody's kind of fair game and the rules are a lot different. And I think it's less. um, I don't feel God's presence or Jesus as much in Paradise as I seem to in seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And that makes for, I don't know, at least more authentic television or relatable television for me. And yeah, then add games into that. That is so fun. I think that would take Paradise to the next level. Or let's put some bachelor pad elements in Paradise. Yeah. I don't know, you know, like there's a lot of ways some cash that- prizes, some strategy. That's another good place for money or a date. If it can't be in the main show, throw that into because especially like if production can save it for when they know somebody like somebody's really into somebody else. Like, I don't know, leverage that. How much do they really want to go on that date and break up this relationship? (laughs) Money. Money. 
Uh, yeah, I love that. I think those are all really good ideas. Was there anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't? Yeah, you covered everything really well. Uh, if you have any ideas on how you would improve the show or things that you love about the show, I don't know. Let us know. Yeah. We clearly like the show because we continue to watch it. So yeah. don't let us fool you. Um, but the show could grow. Absolutely. And I think the show has grown and needs to continue to grow. It is losing followers. It's hard to tell why. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong. So it could be a number of things is more what I'm getting at. Oh, and the show might grow a lot considering that Mike Fleiss is no longer going to be an executive producer. That is like piping hot tea, except we're probably like two weeks telling you all that. But that is huge because he has been like he is the main guy for the show. And so his removal, especially because it was prompted by um, like a, an investigation, an HR investigation, and for him to have been let go as a result of that, like that's huge. Um, so I'm really hopeful. He's, he's not a good guy. And that's not even me projecting. Um. <laughs> no, there's a lot of shit. And I think Jess and I are going to kind of research that a little bit. And then we're, I don't know, we'll spend a small segment of some episode probably going a little deeper on that. Yeah. And speaking of next episodes, um, we heard you guys and we're going to be recapping Love is Blind. and Current season. Current season. And we're going to throw in some one-off episodes here and there. Yeah, um, like to get us one. through, yeah, to charity season. Some of them that we have planned are not bachelor related, more just like things that Mandy and I are into. But I still think, I, I, I think we're both in agreement that they'll be really fun and we hope you guys like them. Though, if they're not something that you're enjoying, feedback is welcome. Like, yeah, we want to know. We're experimenting. Yeah, we're experimenting. So if we don't get to something that's of interest to you in this break, share your thoughts. We'd love to hear it. We'll do our best to catch it between, I don't know if we're going to get a break between Bachelorette and Paradise, but over winter break, we'll, we'll bring back some things or do different things. So yeah, keep in contact and we'll be, we'll be here every Wednesday for the next long, long time. Long, long. Mike, almost the rest of the year. Wow. Can you believe that? Here we are. Woo. We might take a week off here and there. We'll see. <laughs> All right, we love you guys, and we hope you liked our suggestions in how we can make The Bachelor better. Bachelor slash Bachelorette. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Day Watch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. And special thanks to Solomon, Joe, and Juan for all of your support and help getting this podcast off the ground. Thank you.